Welcome to the First Player Token Podcast, a short podcast for folks who enjoy playing board games with family and friends. I'm your host, Derek Bruff. In this episode, we review a game that will have you pressing your luck to recover lost treasure in Ink and Gold. My wife's family does the best Thanksgiving. Her cousin runs a campground and retreat center, and he hosts Thanksgiving each November for a few dozen of Emily's many, many cousins. There's good food, nine square in the gym, a zip line outside, a TV for watching football or dog shows, and of course, lots of board games. Since I joined the family a few years ago, I've been happy to take on the role of bringer of board games. I bring a couple of bags full of games every year, mixing in some new ones with some old favorites. And perhaps the oldest of old favorites is Ink and Gold. Take your pick. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. She's <laughs> telling us what she does. Ready? Nope. Oh, you put both cards down. That's what I'm doing. Okay. That's a nine. That's two for you. Today, I have money. Yeah. I have, I have give me money bags. Um, one left over. I'm leaving this time. <laughs> you say that every time. I don't know if I'm actually leaving this time. Let me tell you. Ink and Gold is a 2005 game designed by Alan R. Moon, who you might know from the game Ticket to Ride, which he also designed, and co designed by Bruno Faiduti. In the game, between three and eight players take on the role of treasure hunters exploring the ruins of an ancient Incan temple, looking for turquoise, obsidian, and gold. What do you do with that treasure? Well, you're welcome to believe that all this treasure will be turned over to the appropriate National Museum. Regardless, this adventuring is dangerous work since the temple is full of hazards like giant spiders and poisonous snakes, creepy mummies, rock slides, and fire traps. Over five rounds, players send their adventurers into the temple to see how much treasure they can pick up before they fall prey to one of these hazards. Each player gets a little cardboard tent and two decision cards, one of which depicts a typically white male adventurer heading into the temple, while the other depicts our hero heading back out to his campsite. There's a stack of 30 quest cards, half of which are hazard cards, and half of which are treasure cards. The game consists of flipping over those quest cards one at a time for treasure or a hazard. If it's a treasure card, it will show a number between 1 and 17, and that amount of treasure will be distributed evenly among the players, with any remainder placed on the treasure card for later. If the quest card shows a hazard, the first time a particular hazard comes out, it's just a warning. The second time that same hazard appears, all the players still in the temple are doomed losing all the treasure they've collected that round. I'm going to turn it over. I bet it's over. Boom. Three. Three. Oh, yes. We can't split it because there's four of us. So. We each get one. That's... Two. We each get <laughs> one. You get one, and you get one, and I get one. We all get zero. No, how about us, the kids, get one because we actually have a life to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I have a life to lose. I have a baby on the way. One, Wait, why do I not have the... I should have gotten two. Did you take my two? Between revealing each card from the quest deck, all the players secretly decide if they want to press on into the temple or head back out to their campsite. They reveal their choices simultaneously using those two decision cards. 
Players who choose to leave keep any treasure they've collected this round, stashing it under their cardboard tent for final scoring. They also get to pick up any leftover treasure on treasure cards on their way out of the temple. Players who choose to press on, well, they anxiously await the next card in the quest deck. Is it more treasure, now split among a smaller crew of adventurers? Or is it a second copy of a hazard that's already been played, in which case, like I said, the players are doomed. This repeats until all the players have either fled back to their campsites or been destroyed by spiders or snakes or what have you. After five rounds, whoever has the most treasure they've escaped with wins the game. Before I share why I love Ink and Gold so much, let's check in with our cultural heritage correspondents who have some thoughts about why this game is a Thanksgiving favorite. Gentlemen, we're looking at Ink and Gold here. Yes, we are. So I think you guys know this game very well. Yeah, we we played a lot of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yes. We even played in the back of a pickup truck once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> One of the things I really like about this game is all the details on the danger cards. I mean, the first time I played this game, this snake's very much scared me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks yeah. like uh, the snake from Harry Potter. Oh, it does. <laughs> that big, yeah, like, basilisk thing. Yeah, it almost looks 3D on that card. Yeah. And what do you think of... of this creature right here. The zombie, the zombie? is scary. Like its face yeah. is all like messed up. It looks like the zombie's and it's gold. Like yeah, basically it's just gold. yellow. Oh yeah, it's yeah. really gross. That's, yeah, that's that's really gross. <laughs> and then of course there's the spiders. Yes, no one the likes spiders. spiders. So what? Why do you why do you like this game? You keep coming back and playing it. What's what's fun about this game? It's fun because it it teaches you about like risk taking and that like you should never be too careful or you're not life's just not gonna be fun. Right, because if fun. you just go in, get a few gems, and get out every time, you're not going to win the game. You're not right? going to win, because if other people take big yeah. chances and then come back with huge loads of gold and, and bronze and silver, then yeah. you're not going to win the game just because you didn't take risks. Yeah. And the, the the crystals you pick up are fun. There are these yeah, it's little, kind of green and yeah. gold Materials. and black. <laughs> Some little resin kind of crystal. Those are great. They feel really good when you collect a lot. And sometimes, like if you're the last one in, and everyone else is left, and then they flip over like a 12 or a 13. And it, but I think there's like one 20 card, and if you're the only one left, then you get 20 gems. You get all those gems. It's awesome. It's a lot. Yeah. What about you? But each of you, are you are you you like to take risks? You like to go for it? Or yeah, are you I like to take risks. I only like to take risks. <laughs> I mean, you don't just at, go in and get and, like one thing. At, and if there's out. like if there's like too too much too much mobs and stuff, uh, I'll definitely leave. Uh, and especially with uh, a lot of uh, gold and stuff. Yeah. But it's especially fun when you're the last one in, and then, like, they just get a bunch of, like, gem cards that are a lot of them in a row, and then you're like, you have a giant load of money. You don't have to share them with anyone. And then, yeah. And then you're like, I'm going to leave, and then, like, but it's fun after you leave, and then you flip over the next card, and it's like a danger card, and you would have died. And it's fun to say that. He's like, oh, I'm glad I left. So, um, what's, what, if, if you were exploring Lost Ruins looking for treasure, which way would you not want to die? Yeah. I would not want to be eaten alive by spiders and still like be living while they're just eating you. I mean, I mean that would be great. No, <laughs> I would. I would most likely to die by a rock slide. Yeah. Now, I don't like snakes. Well, just I don't like seeing snakes. snakes. You would probably have yeah. a heart attack, and then you'd probably die before you even get eaten by one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, do you guys have anything else to say about Ink and Gold? No, I mean, this it's game is... It's just a crazy game. This game is very, very fun. And yeah. I like playing it every year when we go to Thanksgiving. Me too, me too. And, it, and it's a very dramatic game. Yeah, why do you say that? Uh, because, uh, like, uh, you have to choose uh, if you have to, if you leave or uh, keep going. Uh, and, and your heart is, like, pumping so much. And, like, when you die, you're, you're like, screaming because you're, like, you're like no! <laughs> Especially when you've got a pot full of crystals. Yeah, you're, like, you have, like, 20, like, gold ones out here. And you're, like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling good. And then a danger comes out. And you're, like, no! I worked so hard for this thing! <laughs> Well, thank you both. This was great. I, I can tell you guys are really uh, big fans of this game. Thanks for being yeah. on the podcast. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Ink and Gold is easy to learn. It plays fast with very little downtime because of all the simultaneous decisions people are making. And it can handle up to eight players, which makes it a really fantastic game for Thanksgiving and other family gatherings. The quest cards are all handsomely illustrated, and none of the hazard depictions are too scary although the mummy, or maybe it's a zombie, is kind of creepy. And the little plastic gems that represent your treasure have great table presence, with the translucent gold pieces really shining. It can be a little fiddly to pass out the gems to players over and over, but the quality of the components makes it worth it. The game says it's for players 8 and up, according to the box, but you can play with younger players. There's no reading required, and just a bit of math. In fact, the game is a great way to introduce younger players to simple division, because you're always doing things like splitting eight gems among three players and putting the remainder back on the treasure card. It's a visual and tactile way to help kids learn about quotients and remainders. When I play with kids, I like to do a little storytelling in Ink and Gold. I'll ask players to pick their own Indiana Jones-style nickname, like, I don't know, Minnesota Smith or Delaware Lopez. And if I'm the one flipping the quest cards one by one, I like to narrate our adventures exploring the temple, with lots of dramatic descriptions of the spiders and mummies and such. Snakes. Why does it have to be snakes? And now we can go get ready. Are you leaving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she literally says that every time. Are you ready? Three. Ready? Two. One. Boom. I'm going. Oh, do it. Oh! oh. Right, kids. Oh. So sad. Yes, I am rich now. He died no, by rock slide. Huh? No, I have one. No, two, he got out too. I have eight. Oh. oh. Yeah. That's great. That's I'm killing y'all. Right. No, the rock slides okay. killed us. Ink and Gold isn't the only treasure hunting pressure luck game in my collection. Back in episode five of this podcast, I reviewed Deep Sea Adventure, which is one of those games. But instead of hazards coming out randomly, in Deep Sea Adventure, all the explorers are sharing the same oxygen tank, and your actions can make that oxygen go faster or slower for other players. This makes Deep Sea Adventure just a little bit more strategic, and I actually prefer it to Ink and Gold when playing with adults. One last fun fact about Ink and Gold, it was the subject of a psychology experiment a couple of years ago. Jeff Engelstein is a game designer and adjunct professor of game design at New York University. On his Game Tech podcast, he wondered whether people would play Ink and Gold differently if it had a different theme, like firefighters rescuing people from a burning building. Stephen Blessing, professor of psychology at the University of Tampa, heard this and decided to run an experiment. He and his research assistant, 
Elena Sikoski built a digital solo play version of Ink and Gold. One version had the same theme as the original game, the treasure hunting, while the other version had uh, the firefighter theme. Both had the same push-your-luck mechanics. Blessing and Sikoski found that firefighter players ended up taking fewer risks than treasure hunter players, presumably because they didn't want to lose the lives they were saving along the way. Same game rules, different theme, different playstyles. So interesting. If you'd like to hear more about this study, check the show notes for a link to Jeff Inkelstein's podcast episode all about it. That's it for this episode of the First Player Token Podcast. See the show notes for photos of ink and gold, as well as links to our socials and a link to buy a handsome First Player Token coffee mug. And if you found one of our game recommendations useful, would you take a minute to share the podcast with a friend or review it on your favorite podcast app? That would mean a lot. I've been your host, Derek Breff. Thanks for listening. Now it's time to play some games. Especially when you've got a pot full of crystals. Yeah, you're like you have like twenty like gold ones out here, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm feeling good. And then a danger comes out, and you're like, no, I worked so hard for this thing. <laughs>